Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You podcast. This is season three and episode six, coming to you from Colorado Springs, Colorado, home of the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. And today, believe me, the animals have been let out of the cages and they are here in this studio. Hey, Wow. <laughs> I'm Terry. We, we all and, wait with bated breath on it, what you're going to say about Colorado Springs. I'm, I'm Terry and I am a giraffe. <laughs> In the world, <laughs> I don't even know. And if I was going to say anything, that's what I'd say about me. You're a zebra, Alan. Come on. Wow. No, I'm uh. the zebra. I already thought that through. As soon as you said giraffe, I was like, all right, now I got to come up with something. Yeah, okay. Hey, seriously though, yesterday leaving your house, I saw a. a is it a flock of antelopes? I think a flock of birds. I think I no, no, what, what is, is a herd of antelope or a herd. It's a hey, fleece well, of an, um, not fleece. Um, fleet. Fleet. <laughs> I don't know, but I saw a bunch of antelopes, and it was like, wow, a game. This is really the place where the deer and the gang antelope play. Antelopes. Hoodlum of, of antelope. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, truthfully, I'm Terry, and I'm the church ministries leader for the alliance. Yeah. And I'm Alan, Director of Multiplication in the uh, Eastern PA District and Northeast uh, Coordinator for Church Planning. Oh, my goodness. That's a long time. <laughs> I know. I know. That, that, ex- lost that in extends, your the title. <laughs> extends the podcast by two minutes. <laughs> Just letting Alan Just introduce give up himself. the title, Alan. Gosh. <laughs> So we have the privilege today of having the youngest interviewee we've ever had on the podcast. Alan. We do. I'm excited. Previously to have... title held by me. I just want to say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you've lost it. Cause now lost you are title. old. I have <laughs> matured. You have matured. <laughs> matured. Yeah, yeah, that's matured. the word. That's <laughs> no, but seriously. That's what I think of when I think of you, AJ, is maturity. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, shenanigans. That's what we're up to here. No, I'm really excited to have uh, Dylan Smith on today. Uh, he's the content manager for Carrie Newhoff, and he's only 21. 21 years old. Uh, and we're going to hear a little bit how he's connected to the Alliance and how God called him to leadership and uh, how he's been shaped as a young leader. It's some really good advice here for both young leaders and older leaders alike headed for us, I think. That's right. I'm excited about talking to Dylan. So all of us as uh, older leaders ought to be investing in younger leaders. He'll help us do that. But uh, it's great to see uh, a young leader blossoming, blossoming like this young man is. So I think you're going to enjoy this uh, interview today. Sit back, relax, grab yourself a cup of hot tea. I thought you were going to say animal crackers. <laughs> I think that's a great idea, too. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, so I didn't say hey, 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 because it's Terry's job to say that. But I am going to just say we are really glad to have Dylan Smith on our podcast today, the content manager for Carrie Newhoff and an excellent young leader. And we're glad to have you here. So, Dylan, tell us a little bit about you, uh, how you came to Christ and how God led you into leadership. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, Really looking forward to this. 
so I grew up in small town, Nebraska, uh, nowhere close to Cary uh, or any of that. I grew up in kind of a farming community, small town, um, really like a hardworking environment that had, didn't fully ingrain in me um, really early on. So the really big like formative thing that started my, I would say my cognitive life is uh, when I was 12, my dad passed away. Wow. And uh, mm. up until this point, zero background with Jesus, zero mm. like experience um, with the church besides the occasional Christmas and Easter service because small town America, that's what we do. And uh, so <laughs> he passed away and I realized I have this massive deficit of information where I have no clue how to run a farm, how to fix a car, how to do anything that regular, like things that men know how to do, at least in the environment that I grew up in. And what that led me to is turning to other male role models in my life that I could learn from, grow from, develop under. And Jesus used that. And he worked in and he's, he brought men who knew how to fix cars, but also served him and loved him. And they led me to Jesus and to becoming a part of the church and uh, eventually calling into pastoral ministry. And uh, it's just been awesome to get to watch God kind of work through my life through those men. Wow, I love that story. Yeah. Other than, of course, the difficulty of you losing your dad, but uh, love that you uh, got some mentors to uh, speak into your life. That's something that we all need to do. So you're connected to our Alliance family. Uh, tell us about that connection and the church you attend. Yeah. Um, so I've been, for many, many years, I was on the outside looking in on the Christian Missionary Alliance in Omaha in watching the blow up of City Light Church and uh, blow I mean, up in a good way, the, blow up in a good way. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the really good way of like, what are they 10 years in and 10 campuses in or something yep, like that? Yep. They're just, uh, it's ridiculous, but it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I love those guys over there. Yep. Um, yeah, so I was on the outside looking into the Christian Missionary Alliance until I became a member at Mission Church here in town, which is it's a two year old church plant that is thriving um, in the inner city. And we're trying to just reach inner city people and really trying to bring the gospel into that. And we're planting churches along the way as kind of the DNA of Christian Missionary Alliance goes. Um, so it's been an awesome journey and experience to get to witness that. Um, I love what you guys are doing. I guess we are doing. Um, and I just, I think what we're, what the Christian Missionary Alliance is doing looks like the church of the future. So I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. Very encouraging. Uh, we're excited Thank to hear you, you say that. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. And uh, so your pastor, Pastor Myron, uh, actually had a lot to do in a kind of a unique God way to get you doing what you're doing today. We'd love to hear that story a little bit because I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Love Myra. Uh, shout out. He is my guy. Long story with how I ended up with Carrie Newhoff. I'll try to shorten it down. But uh, so I was attending a Bible college here in Nebraska called Nebraska Christian College. And part of that is you have a residency, um, which I was doing with Myra. Well, so spring of 2017, Carrie came into town and it, it just spoke at our college for a day. We had a coaching session with him. Uh, I asked a really good question. He walked into the next coaching session and said, I just got asked the best question I've been asked in 10 years. It was by an 18-year-old kid. And my mentor happened to be in that meeting, so that's how I know that he said this. Anyways, so he asked that question, came in, spoke, knocked out of the park because it's Carrie. What else is he going to do? And uh, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he left, and I didn't talk to him for almost a year. 
the following January, I'm working at Mission, volunteering on the parking lot team and Ooh. learning from Myron. <laughs> so in learning from him, uh, one of the things he challenged me was he said, okay, for the next month, I want you to start spending an hour a day with God and then work it up to two by the end of these next 30 days, which that's a pretty big, like, challenge. Um, just, I thought I was pretty busy in college. It, everybody claims to be busy. Um, <laughs> but I thought I was pretty busy, <laughs> but I actually fit it in. And I, for the next month I did an hour a day and then an hour and two minutes, an hour and four minutes, all the way up to two hours every day. And in that time, I, I thought I was going crazy, but, uh, I wrote down, I think I'm supposed to go work for Carrie Newhoff. And because I'd been hearing and feeling from God that I needed to go work for him. I hadn't talked to him in a year. I hadn't like connected with the team. I hadn't had any emails or anything. I'd hardly like, I listened to like four or five podcasts. So I, I should have been a better listener, but you know, we, we all get busy and distracted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I write this down. That kind of rocks me a little bit. So the next three weeks or so, I'm just kind of asking like, God, is that really what you're saying? Like what's going on? And eventually I bring it to the head of leadership development at our college. Uh, his name's Andy Dykhouse. Love him. And he, uh, I say, you know, hey, I think I heard this. Don't know what it means. Don't know. Like, you probably have an email for Carrie. Maybe we could reach out. Frank Beeler was coming into town a few days later. And uh, so Andy and I didn't know this, but Frank is Carrie's best friend. They, they track with each other really close. They're, they know what's going on in each other's, like, business world and their work life and their families. Um, so neither of us knew that. Andy just knew that they knew each other and, like, had somewhat of a connection. So we, we bring it up to Frank that Monday and said, you know, hey, we think Dylan's heard this. Uh, it does make a lot of sense, but we wanted to know what you thought. And I spent the entire time, uh, and Frank kind of talked to us about this, about how you can't just go ask Carrie Newhoff to be your mentor. Um, and he said that to our entire class that he was speaking to. And then we had the conversation afterwards, but he said that to the entire class and kind of camped on that insight for like 20 or 30 minutes. And when he was camping on that, I was thinking, well, Andy's already talked to him. He's probably just saying this directly at me. So there's no way this is going to work out. Like there's, there's no way, but he just kept saying to our class, you know, Hey, you get a leader one step ahead of you or two steps ahead of you, not 10 steps ahead of you to mentor you talk to Frank afterwards, kind of explain what I was thinking, why I thought that uh, God, it would make sense for God to be calling me uh, to work for Carrie. And uh, I think Frank, um, well, I know Frank came around to the idea, understood why, walked out of the meeting and sent a text to Carrie and said, hey, I think I just found your new executive assistant, which is awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah um, that's a crazy story. Yeah, just nuts. And uh, it's things like that that just have me like, you can never convince me that God is not real. He's yeah. not working for us and that he doesn't want to see us like thrive. So yeah, after that, obviously the interview process happened. I got hired on and here we are. Yeah. So if people are paying attention to your story, where we're at now is, you know, you're in college and now as we're talking to you, you're 21 uh, and we wanted you on the podcast because you're a young leader who is seeking to be developed. That's a beautiful thing. And it's great to see how, when you, are going after that, that God is meeting you along the way. That's pretty cool, man. So, uh, Dylan, humble. <laughs> yeah. Dylan, what have you learned in this role that you didn't know you needed to learn? 
Oh man, there's so much. There is so much. Um, I have a pastor of mine. His name's Corey, and he uh, he's always told me that you need a job that's the hardest but best job you've ever had. Uh, you just kind of have to go through a season of really uh, difficult work, and uh, that's definitely been this job. Um, uh, obviously, it's a fast-paced organization. Kerry, um, he he's a top-level leader, and we get a ton of requests. We have a ton of work that we do. I was not at that level coming in at all. Um, so I had to learn, you know, deadlines are hard. Like you, you don't miss deadlines. Um, in college, if you miss a deadline, get a B on the paper. When you work for Carrie, when you miss a deadline, it's like, you know, it, you, more leaders don't get help. So uh, it, it, it wasn't optional then. Um, so I kind of had to learn that uh, <laughs> and really learning like self-discipline, organizing my time, organizing my energy, uh, really figuring out how to prioritize tasks, all of those things, um, school and college just didn't prepare me for. So I came in and there was a steep learning curve for the first you know, six months where I was just learning. So I've heard uh, City Light described in a similar way where they're a really fast moving train and a fast moving organization. And when you jump on the train with them, you get whiplash right away for a little bit. But then after a while, you're going the same speed as everyone else. You recover from the whiplash and you're moving and you've got the momentum going forward. So I just had that steep learning curve there jumping on the train of Kerry Newhoff communications mm -hmm. that I had to, one, stay durable through and then continue learning and growing through that time. And my mentors were massive help in that era, Myron included. So Kerry's about my age uh, and we are excited to have you on here because you are a hungry and humble young leader. Uh, and we're curious to know how has Carrie uh, helped you develop as a leader in a way that you appreciate it as a young leader? So he's done a lot. Uh, that I've heard about this in other places before. Um, but he, uh, so one of the biggest things that he prioritizes is whenever we have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, um, like where he's calling me or whatever, he'll always lead with how are you doing rather than what are you doing? And this has opened up the door to a lot of different um, kind of advantages that this has given me um, because what happens is usually it's in a tough season, we're struggling, and maybe I'm really struggling to hit deadlines or I'm feeling overwhelmed or burnt out or uh, just whatever, a million things could be going wrong. Oftentimes, what I'm struggling with personally is affecting me professionally. And he helps me walk through that and kind of see, okay, where am I struggling? Where do I need to improve? And uh, what kind of habits and rhythms am I not living out that I should be living out outside of work to be able to best perform at work? So those conversations have been huge. And uh, it it's been so good to learn from. And obviously he's like a productivity guru. He's always tracking his sleep and, you know, a, a million different things, but um, <laughs> learning from that so close has been awesome. Uh, so that's been really good. It's great. So in a big picture way, Dylan, what would you say to older leaders to help them in working with younger leaders? We grew up in a different world. Uh, we grew up with technology. We grew up with, uh, a lot more anxiety and mental health issues than I think, um, or at least a lot more awareness of that being a thing. And there's a lot more diagnoses and uh, drugs being handed out and stuff like that for that kind of stuff. And what Carrie and I have realized is that 
our different generations that we grew up in have set us up to almost have different expectations when we enter the workplace and we value different currencies. So older leaders, you know, it, it just makes sense. Come into the office, show up on time, do all your work. You're there eight to five. And that's just kind of normal. And it makes sense because you used to go to the office and it like all the tools were there, the files were there, all that kind of stuff. What we're learning now is with my generation, especially with the invention of technology and portable laptops and Wi-Fi and hotspots, is we no longer go to the office. The office goes to us. And uh, kind of being able to bridge that gap and just being aware that younger leaders don't understand the reason that we have to come in. So we value more flexibility. We value autonomy. Um, based us on our results, not necessarily just our time on the clock. I would just say approach us, like understand that there's a bit of a difference there would be my biggest thing. It's helpful. I appreciate that. So you're saying you're, you're fine with being uh, held accountable to the results, but not necessarily the, the activity all by itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, mentally, that was a really big jump for me to make coming into the company. In college, a lot of it is just if you make an attempt, you're good enough, which is fine. Like, you know, it's a place to learn. It's not a place to get everything perfect. But coming into the workplace, that was just different. Um, you know, uh, an attempt to get X project done is not the same as getting project the project done. Uh, so I had to learn that there's a big difference between attempting to get something done and actually getting to the results needed. So I, I had to learn to bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah. That's a good insight. I appreciate that. That, that applies across generations for sure. So, uh, you know, I mentioned a couple moments ago that you are a hungry and humble leader. Uh, and uh, so what practices are you pursuing to help you grow as a leader? I spend a lot of time driving. Everyone does. So I try to fill that in with as much as I can. That's really practical and uh, just good. And one of the big things that I do there is I try to listen to as much like really helpful things to learn as possible. Um, so podcasts, books, stuff like that is huge. Um, one thing that I've done over the last year is I've read 60 audio books, or I guess listened to 60 audio books. And that has just been game changing for my leadership. Because when you're reading that many books, they're not all on the same thing. You know, it's not like I just went and read everything Christian leadership. I went and read negotiation books. I read productivity books. I, like I read stories, novels, whatever. But all of those different things that I was learning about formed me as a leader and really allowed me to better add value, I think. So that has been huge, just hearing from those different voices. And it's kept me where I can speak to more audiences now because of that wide variety of uh, listening. So that's been huge. The other thing that I'm always practicing and always trying to develop myself through is mentorship. I always have some meeting on the calendar that's with an older leader that I can just ask questions and learn from and uh, really grow in. So that's huge for me. Good stuff, Dylan. We're trying to, I'll say it this way, we're having conversations around here about uh, pressing leadership development down into youth ministry and those kinds of things. So what would you say to young leaders who are still in college or high school to help them prepare for increasing leadership roles? Don't quit when it gets hard. Mm. You're always going to want to quit. 
you know, I, I've had my times where it's like, it'd just be easier to throw in the towel than to grow and develop into who I need to become. But don't, don't give in, be resilient, be durable. It, it works out better for you in the end. So that would be one major thing. The other thing is don't listen to your high school guidance counselor. Uh, on those things. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that could be said along with that, but I think the biggest thing is at least the school that I grew up in a four-year degree is basically the key to life. And a four-year degree doesn't guarantee you anything. More people drop out of college than succeed in college. And then they have $20,000 of student loans and nothing to show for it except a wasted two years and a bit of anger towards the world. So a four-year degree is not going to solve all your problems. It's not a guarantee for a job. You have to go and make those connections. You have to go and make whatever you need to make like um, to, to be able to still survive two or three years later. Um, so that's, that's a really big one um, that I just there's so many people my age that are just floating through life and it it breaks my heart to see. I really just, and I think it's because we've kind of been raised in this participation trophy culture um, where (laughs) we, we don't have to actually like, we've never been told and never realized that this is up to us, but young leader, this is up to you. Nobody else is going to make your life. That's a great one, man. Thanks, thanks so much. That is fantastic. I appreciate you sharing your heart there uh, and speaking straight. That was good stuff. So, you know, you were started as a kind of a fill-in executive assistant, then moved to content manager. Uh, so, and obviously, you've been sharing about how God has been developing you in these roles. So, wh- how do you see that God is preparing you for your future leadership roles right now? So God has always had a really big passion in me for the, uh, the big C church. Uh, I, I just like, even in high school when I was an intern at the church and like thought that the home church that I grew up in was the best church on the planet, you know, whatever, which is, you know, it's great for serving in that church to think that until you have to go somewhere else. I've always thought the, the public perception of the church is kind of damaged and by kind of, I mean, it is damaged. You know, when you ask a non-believer to go to church, they'll say, which one? They all hate each other. So I've always had a passion for that. And I've always had a passion for the local church too. Don't get me wrong. But the big C church has been my focus and kind of where that's what wakes me up. That's what keeps me up at night. What, what I'm doing right now with Carrie is that we're helping the big C church grow and develop and learn. And we're really helping leaders thrive in life and leadership. So currently, I, I don't have any plans of going anywhere. Uh, I, I love working for Carrie. I love what we get to do. I love the leaders that we get to help. Like, I couldn't ask for better than what I'm doing now. Uh, so, But in the future, it'll only be more focused, I think, on helping the Big C Church reach more people on a massive scale. And that's, that's my passion. That's where I want to go. And I think you guys are doing that phenomenally as an organization, too. So thank you. Well, thank you. Appreciate thank you. the encouraging words. And Dylan, uh, I think you've helped a lot of young leaders today by the things that you've said, the challenges that you've given them, the wisdom that you've imparted to them. So we appreciate you being a part of the Equipping You podcast today and uh, look forward to see how uh, God's going to use you in future days. Yeah. Look forward to meeting you sometime, man. Yes. Hopefully soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, Alan, best advice of the year from our 
interviewee. Don't listen to your high school guidance counselor. <laughs> that was fantastic <laughs> advice. Fantastic yes. advice. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what. Um, we invited Dylan to be on uh, because we sensed God's work in his life, and we really wanted to hear from a younger leader uh, in a way that would be beneficial to both younger leaders and older leaders, and I think he nailed it for us. I was really glad we had him on. Yeah, me too, and uh, hope lots of you will share it so that others will listen to it, especially share it with younger leaders. But uh, Alan, how can uh, folks share the podcast? They can share it on social media. They can share it through texting. They can actually, they could actually go to the website on Podbean and look at it there and share it from there. There are so many creative ways you could share it. So just share it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the Equipping You podcast family. We love having you uh, listen to uh, these podcast episodes. Until next time, keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.